Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Ridge. Good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today, a lot going down. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor, Adrian Lawrence, author, attorney at law, TYT contributor. Also, in the bullpen, my debate segment, we have Kenneth Shrupp. He's back, communications strategist and editor in chief of the California Review. We're going to talk about censorship and social media and Elon Musk. Uh, Twitter will be part of the conversation as well. First story of the day, former mayor of Atlanta. I mean, she was just the damn mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms. She was told she could not enter and be waited on at an establishment because she had on leggings, okay? There's a lot to this story. Former Atlanta mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms has called out Capitol Grill. After she said she was turned away from the restaurant for wearing leggings. She said, and I quote, I was just turned away at Capitol Grill at Perimeter Mall because I have on leggings, she tweeted Friday. When someone pointed out that the establishment has a dress code, Bottom said it was odd that the restaurant would not allow what she called mall attire when they were located at the mall. Let's put up a picture of. Mayor, she is a sensible dresser. I would imagine that her attire was fitting. Now, here's the thing. Routinely, restaurants have utilized these rules in a way that is, yes, discriminatory. It's called selective application of the rule. Well, we have evidence of that. It continues, the mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, she said, I asked if I could sit in the bar area. And was told, no, rules are the rules, Madam Mayor. Just wonder if the woman who came immediately after me, who I did not see come back out, was also denied service, she wrote. Now let's go to the restaurant's website. On the restaurant's website, it says that for the comfort of all guests and to better deliver on our promise of a refined atmosphere. Proper dresses required, clothing such as gym attire, tank tops, sweatpants, hats, and items with offensive language is not allowed according to the website. Can I just say this? I know everybody watching this is not from Atlanta. We're talking about Capital Damn Grill inside of Perimeter Mall. What refined environment are you referring to on your website? I'm not knocking the food is dope. It's good food, that's why the former mayor was trying to get her grub on. But this is not a refined establishment, no, it's a regular ass restaurant, it's in the mall, okay. However, social media users quickly commented 
that the rules are not always followed and they posted actual pictures. Pictures of mostly white patrons dining at Capitol Grill while wearing one of the prohibited clothing items that they say must be strictly enforced. Capitol Grill has not released a statement, none whatsoever. They have not released a statement standing by their policy, nor have they released a statement apologizing for the unequal enforcement of the policy. Once again, rules like this routinely utilized in discriminatory ways. A couple of years ago, something happened to a child, a kid. Maybe you remember this, here it is. Excuse me, is a manager here? Yes, I am You are, okay. okay. So we wanna eat, and they're telling me my son can't eat here because there's no athletic wear. He's not, and it's kids out there with kind of shoes on. I don't understand what the problem is. Is that like, who, uh, who told you that? There's a guy out there, and we we came back here and talked to him twice, and he told me my kid cannot eat here because he has one athletic wear. But it's unfortunately that's my boss, though. I mean, okay, can you tell him to come out here and tell me that? I, did he not already tell you this? No, but he, I'm, I'm gonna have him tell me again. Unfortunately, we do have a dress code. Um, if you, you know, if you have some non-athletic shorts. But that white kid out there can't eat here with his tennis shoes on and his athletic shirt. Remember that? There's a plethora of examples just like that. That one was in real time. Rule being enforced on a black child while there's discretion for the white child. Black patron, white patron. Violation of the same written policy, one gets enforcement, the other one gets a pass, okay? Now, watch how you saw exactly how the other guy responded, right? He clearly saw there was something not right about this. And then he comes out and says, well, well, you heard what my manager said. There's nothing more that can be said. That's the problem with culture. You see, at some point, somebody should have said, ma'am, go ahead and sit down. Okay, I don't know what the manager is on, but obviously uh, there is an exception at this restaurant. Uh, That one was owned by the Atlas Restaurant Group. Uh, They did apologize to the young lady and her son, saying the manager in the video um, was replaced indefinitely. And also that they decided to change the dress code rule so that it did not apply to any children under 12, all right? You see this for what it is, attorney at law. You see exactly what's happening here, unequal application of these policies. Routinely, it is done in a way to show bias against black people in particular. What are your thoughts on this case with the mayor? No, you're absolutely correct that this is one of those disparate impact as well as disparate enforcement type of biases in terms of policing our bodies. That's something that we as black people, particularly black women experience often. And then even if you just go back a layer and remove race and you look at these dress codes, they're class based. And of course, as a result of the fact that there is significant wealth disparity between white and black communities, as a result of that, it's going to impact black people differently. But even if we removed all these things and look at the fact that she said she was wearing leggings, get 
out of here. I wear leggings like I'm getting paid for it. Like there is not <laughs> an alternative. And right. you can't you can't tell me as well that leggings uh, that there's something wrong with them. Uh, I would assume that given like you said, given the fact that she dresses very professional to begin with, that she was out here in something with a bunch of holes up different sides and stretchy and highlighted yellow and all sorts of things, as opposed to being in something that is sleek since she's going into the Capitol Grill, even though it is Capitol Grill attached to a mall. So I think that Capitol Grill needs to answer for this. And also they need to get off the leggings trip because as far as I'm concerned, it did not violate their little policy. And it is completely acceptable attire. Again, they're pants. They are simply pants made with a little more lycra. Leave people alone. Yeah, there you go. This is the mayor of Massachusetts. The mayor said, uh, the mayor in Massachusetts, East Hampton is the city. Uh, the mayor told a student, a teenager, they don't talk like a white person. Put up the picture full throttle here, okay? All right, let's go down this rabbit hole. East Hampton, Massachusetts mayor, Nicole LaChapelle. Will be investigated by the East Hampton School Committee for alleged racist remarks she made to a high school student during a recent school visit. Yes, she did it intentionally. The alleged racist interaction with the high schooler occurred in East Hampton High's We the People civics class for the annual nationwide We the People competition. All right, the irony. During the April 12th school committee meeting, member Megan Harvey said the committee had received a letter from Sean Sheehan a science teacher at the high school and president of the East Hampton Education Association, urging an investigation into the incident that took place earlier this month. In a public Facebook post that has now been deleted, the mother of the high school student alleged that the mayor made racist remarks to her daughter in front of the whole class and used the F word before she left the class. The post quotes the mayor as saying, and I quote, you are different. You don't talk like a white person. And then the mayor later said, no one effing cares. I had a rough morning according to the post. <laughs> okay, let's put up a picture of the chairwoman of the committee. All right, <laughs> looks like she got something to say. Cynthia Quinchinski told the Gazette, we do not condone racist behavior or comments of any kind and that an investigation is underway. Due to the early stages of the investigation, she could not expand on the details of the probe. It will also have to wait until the mayor returns from a trip out of the area, okay? In an emailed statement to the Gazette, the mayor says she visited with high school students to help celebrate their participation in an upcoming competition. During the visit, she made comments that she said had intended to motivate students of color. However, the statements had the opposite effect and offended a student instead. That's right, you don't talk like white people, be motivated. All right, uh, the mayor also issued an apology to the parents of the student in an April 4th letter. In the letter obtained by the Gazette, the mayor stated that she intended for her words to be helpful, but sees now how insensitive they were and how they made a teenager feel singled out. That not feel singled out because you did single out the teenager. So let's do this, all right? Let's do this, let's keep it 100. 
Racism exists on a spectrum. You have hyper aggressive racism. Those are the people that cannot be helped. And then you have implicit bias. The impact can be the same for the person on the other side of this racism. The implicit bias is that indoctrination which makes you blind to the reality of your behavior and how your behavior impacts those around you who are part of a historically marginalized group. And you say things without the benefit of a barrier known as wisdom. And when you say these things, you are attempting typically to be helpful. But because you have not sought to learn the experience factor associated with blackness or marginalization in America, your comments become offensive. And at some point in the journey of your life, especially when you are a seasoned professional, you must seek opportunity to learn. In other words, at some point, you should simply know better. Adrian, thoughts on this? I couldn't agree more. She should have known better. And also too, the thought that she could act like this and speak like this in front of a bunch of young people and children without any regard to their feelings of psychological safety, as well as you know her whole thought of I had a hard morning, everything. It really just screams lack of good judgment here. Yeah. And the thought that she's a leader in her community in any form or fashion, no, get out of here with that. And I, I've, I've heard that kind of stuff before. Mm -hmm. This thought that you have to be a certain way in order to thrive in our society. And of course, it aligns with whiteness. And just for her to perpetuate that in front of a forum and call out that child, it just speaks to her, what her character is like. Yeah, yeah, hopefully this is a learning lesson for the mayor, all right? She got a proper education in that school, hopefully. Alex Jones, dead ass broke, has filed bankruptcy, okay? He's doing a blowout sale. <laughs> Alex Jones, the companies connected to his brand, to his name, they have now filed for bankruptcy protection following Jones losing numerous defamation lawsuits by the relatives of children killed in the 2012 Sandy Hook shooting. Remember that? During his show on Monday, all right, Alex Jones insisted that he and InfoWars have not gone bankrupt despite the filings of bankruptcy. Then he pitched this. You want us to be able to stay on air and be able to move forward in the future. I need you now to not wait and to go to InfoWarsStore.com. Especially those of you that have never bought a book, never bought a film, never bought a t-shirt, never got a supplement, never got an air filtration, water filtration. Well, there's also a button up on the top of the shopping cart that says support. And it says become a sponsor and you just click there and you can give a monthly donation or just give a one-time donation. And then we actually get 95% of that money. This is do or die time. If you want to keep us on air through the, 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 you know, these attacks of the system and the system pulling out all the stops to try to silence us, then this is the time. They are trying to silence you. They're trying to take down the leading voice of resistance. Yeah, he needs some money. He needs some money. Okay, according to Bloomberg, three entities, including one that holds the rights to the website InfoWars, saw Chapter 11 protection in Victoria, Texas on Sunday. Each estimated liabilities 
of as much as 10 million according to court filings. Chapter 11 filing allows a business to keep operating while working on a turnaround strategy. That's what you saw there, a turnaround strategy to pause pending civil litigation. Infowars sells BS nutritional supplements, okay? Prison Planet, an outlet for British YouTuber and proponent of certain ideologies. Paul Joseph Watson are the other two affected by the entity. So lawyers set up a trust, all right? They set up a trust that will pay people suing the companies. And Jones handed over his equity in the entities to the trust. The units in bankruptcy have no purpose other than the whole assets, which may be used by the entities. And their only liabilities are the litigation claims according to, to the court papers. Jones and his companies last year were found liable in a defamation lawsuit brought by relatives of Sandy Hook victims after Jones called the shootings a hoax. A trial in Connecticut to determine the size of the damages has yet to take place. He was also found liable in similar proceedings in Texas. He brought those family members a lot of harm. By establishing a trust to settle legal claims in bankruptcy, Jones companies are following a controversial playbook used by the corporations facing significant lawsuits. Companies including opioid maker Purdue Pharma LP and youth organization Boy Scouts of America have sought chapter 11 protection to settle thousands of cases, streamline payouts to victims claiming harm. Jones put $725,000 of his money to the trust to cover the cost of the chapter 11 filings. Additional funds, including $2 million in cash, could flow into the trust as a result of the bankruptcy according to court documents. The trust is a way to ensure litigation creditors can be paid in full rather than get uneven payouts simply due to the timing of trials. Lawyers for the companies said in court papers. Jury selection for the Texas trial is set to begin next week while the Connecticut trial is still months away. All right, so despite Jones and his lawyer saying the lawsuits against him and his companies are strictly strategic, they are still lying. All right, due to Jones lies, the parents of the victims were inundated with harassment and death threats. Remember this, according to the New York Times, the family of Sandy Hook victim Noah Posner currently lives in hiding due to the persistent harassment experienced since the shooting. All right, Jones later did walk back his comments and said that he was suffering from a mental health condition. Okay, Adrian, you gonna cash up Alex Jones some money? Oh, um, I, of course, I already did. Oh, Patreon. <laughs> he is just, it, this man is absolutely absurd and ridiculous. You know, knowing that this comes off the heels of him offering them, I think it was like a measly 100 and $140,000 a piece to each of those Sandy Hook families to settle their suit. It's just this man is out here destroying lives and yep. making up these lies, profiting off of them. And then now when he's actually being held accountable, which mind you, this is also one week before one of the juries was supposed to decide how much he's supposed to pay out. He decides to file for bankruptcy and it's not his main holding company, by the way. And he is allowed to continue to operate and to do business. Meanwhile, these Sandy Hook families could 
possibly get far less than they are deserving of. And this is, as I mentioned on Overruled, the segment I do for Rebel HQ, this is exactly what Remington did to the families as well. Right. When they sued for for how that AR-15 style rifle was marketed. And they ended up getting paid, I think, maybe $73 million after Remington filed for bankruptcy twice and sold off assets. And the fact is, so many of these companies are out here doing this to avoid liability. They are using the law and also using the court system to their advantage. And it just shows you how our system is set up so that normal average people who are done wrong by these wealthy power hungry individuals cannot get justice. The system is set up against you so you do not win at the end of the day. Yeah, and the great irony is that he sets himself up to be such a man of the people, a person who is adversarial to governmental control, that big brother is always watching. And then when he's liable, when he's wrong, when he admits that he's wrong, he seeks protection from the same entity he talks against, Mm -hmm. all right? We got more, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back. Okay, let me read some of these great comments. Before I get to the comments, don't forget, uh, very exciting Dragon Squad. All right, I know y'all already on it. Everybody needs to be on this. The Damage Report has been nominated for a Webby Award in the video news and politics category. Okay, be sure to head over to tyt.com forward slash vote or vote.webbyawards.com. Cast your vote, make it known. We can win this thing, all right, together. Once you vote, it's shared on social media, okay? And don't forget the watch list every weekday, the big homie, Jared Jackson. The watch list, subscribe at youtube.com forward slash watch list TYT. Follow and like on facebook.com forward slash watch list TYT. Let me read a few of these comments. Uh, <laughs> this was my exact sentiment when I saw the mayor's tweet. I am Sock says, Capital Grill. What's next? Getting denied by Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the Capitol Grill at the Dale Mall, <laughs> in addition to it being a Capitol Grill. All right. Uh, <laughs> KFZ247. Lord, they have the leggings now. I know. Don't take away the leggings. Uh, Divolve says selective enforcement makes policies seem like excuses. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Crystal Townsend, <laughs> Karen is motivating the youth <laughs> to vote her out. That's right, <laughs> she is. All right, uh, Nana Nikki, uh, this should be illegal. Talking about Alex Jones using uh, Chapter Eleven to, you know, stiff other people. Um, Charmed, I think this is chaos. Says I accidentally wore a tie to a restaurant known to enforce dress down uh, policy. But this isn't that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Got a doozy. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. So I'm a single mom here who can't ever go anywhere. And I finally have a babysitter so I can come in here trying to goddamn bra. So I can buy a bra that fits me. 
time in here before closing. It is now, I don't know when I started this, now 8.35. They close at 9. I have all my stuff. They helped me fill the bag. They measured me to try on to see what size might fit. But so I could go try them on. I put the things in. They let me try on five bras. And they take the bag and tell me I can't try on more and I need to leave. I cannot try on more because not everybody tries on a goddamn bra. Even though they told me I knew I don't know the size. And now I'm leaving. All the stores are closed and I have no bra. I have no babysitter. I get a babysitter to come here. And now I have no bra, no babysitter. And Ma'am, are you doing okay? I am great. Okay, I'm going to need you to calm down. Please have other... I was trying to buy a bra. She will not let me try on this. I already was trying on the bras and she took them and said, I can't finish trying them on. I have a babysitter to come make this a try. I just wanted to buy some bras and she no, won't let me. No, she won't let me. It's not nine yet. I tried on five and I asked her to trade them out and she says it's time to go. Not everybody we're closing. You can't have more. I wanted to trade them out. That's all I wanted to do. She refused to let me do it. Okay, well you can trade them out. I'm Don't you even stand there give me looks, lady. I just want to try on a bra. Please, I have a babysitter. It's the only time I can get a bra. So can I get your five items back and I'll give you five more? I have them. I asked her to do that. She told me no. Not everybody. She said I cannot do it. The fitting rooms are closed. Why are you looking at me like I'm crazy? She's so rude. I do have more video, but I want to say something because I'm concerned now. I'm going to recommend for all white women to stay away from Victoria's Secret just until we can figure this thing out, okay? There's obviously a connection between bringing out the worst carrot in you and Victoria's Secrets. I don't know what it is, all right? There's more video, here it is. trying my bra on in here quietly by myself like I was doing before she starts doing that to me. Ma'am, you were not being quiet in the bra fitting area, madam. You you were quite loud talking to whoever you were talking to on your phone. Um, there's more. I'll never come back here again. <laughs> The absolute worst experience of my life. If that's the worst experience you have ever had in your effing life, you're winning. <laughs> you are winning, Karen. I gotta tell you, if that's the worst thing that you've ever gone through in your life, which was all self-induced, by the way, you are winning in America. Adrian. You know, uh, just like you're saying, if this is the worst experience you had, it's just it's weakness on overdrive. Are you out of your mind? I pray this individual isn't raising a child and was getting a babysitter for a dog or a cat, because it's like if this is this is gonna break you, we got a big problem. On top of that, has she heard of online shopping? It's a thing where they'll send things to your home. You can try them on and oftentimes they'll let you send them back and they will not charge you for it. Nordstrom is one of those places. Perhaps give that a shot. You can order multiple bras and multiple different sizes. Like, come on, lady. And also that I, as someone who used to work retail and used to work fitting rooms, I could tell you when it's a wrap, it's a wrap, time to go.
time to go. And Victoria's Secret's not only held to account for its own, it's in a mall. So it needs to get people out so we can shut it down, so they can shut the entire mall down. This is a group effort. This woman needs to get a, get a hold of herself and be part of the group. Yeah, yeah, somebody needs to do an intervention quickly. Okay, prison guard, a prison guard, all right, helps white supremacists attack inmates. I kid you not. Let's put up a picture of the county detention center. Let's put that up, all right? A federal jury in Oklahoma found a former corrections officer guilty on Friday of facilitating white supremacist attacks on incarcerated black people. You hear me? Matthew Ware, a former corrections officer supervisor at the K County Detention Center violated the civil rights of three pretrial detainees. In 2017, Ware commanded lower ranking officers to move two black detainees to a cell that housed white supremacist inmates. The release stated, these inmates posed a danger to the detainees. D'Angelo Wilson and Marcus Miller, remember he did this intentionally. Later that day, Officer Ware ordered the other officers to unlock the doors to both the jail cells and the detainees and of the white supremacist inmates. When Ware's orders were followed, the white supremacist inmates attacked Wilson and Miller, the black males, resulting in physical injury to both, including a facial laceration to Wilson that required seven stitches to close according to the release. In 2018, Officer Ware, a directed lower ranking officer to restrain Christopher Davis, another pretrial detainee. This was routine for this corrections officer. Davis was placed in a stretched out position in which his left wrist was restrained to the far left side of the bench and his right to the far right side. The release said, Davis remained in that position for 90 minutes and sustained physical injuries as a result. The restraining act is believed to have been a retaliation for Davis criticizing the way corrections officer Ware ran the center. Ware will be sentenced in July. He faces a maximum of 10 years in prison. A fine up to $250,000 for each violation and three years of supervised release. Now we couldn't find a picture and believe me, we searched, my production team searched. We were trying to find a picture that we could verify of officer where we could not find one. They're trying to hide this guy, but we found a picture of the director at the jail. Here it is, that's the picture, okay? See that guy, right? The director of the detention center is Don Jones. There is ample evidence that Mr. Jones knew about the inmate abuse. Back in 2019, Stephanie Wright, let's put up her picture. A former K County Detention Center employee sued the jail and a former bosses in federal court alleging she was fired for reporting sexual harassment and blowing the whistle on inmate abuse, including an incident where an inmate was allegedly cuffed in a crucifixion type 
position. This has been going on for years. What do we have here? We have a cop who has been convicted, a corrections officer who has been convicted of helping white supremacist gangs beat up black incarcerated bodies, human beings. What does that mean by extension and by logic? That means the corrections officer is a white supremacist or subscribes to the ideology. What else does this mean based on the information we have, the factual basis here? The officers who carried out these illegal orders are part of that culture too. See, this is systemic. Now, I have a question. Why is it that only this one person is going to prison? He can't operate inside of a private prison without having a cohort, a culture that allows it. He has a boss. He also has people that work alongside him and he has individuals that he supervises. All three layers of that bureaucracy inside of that private prison, that private jail allowed this to happen without any challenge. And the story that we have that has been documented by the court is that others carried out his dirty deeds. Why are they not going to prison right now, just like him? Until we start attacking the culture of a thing, this system, corrupt systems will always sacrifice their most problematic person. They will throw them under the bus for the sake of saving the corruption and their own culture. They don't want you to actually unravel the rest of the story. They want you to fixate on the one person who has been caught to such a degree that there is no way to save them. But remember, we have it on record. Others were involved and there's ample evidence that the guy in charge is truly the kingpin. He's the guy who they should go after. Where's the RICO Act? Adrian, I know how these things work typically with people that are in charge and they're not really getting their hands dirty, so to speak. That's why the RICO Act was created in order to still find these individuals guilty by way of connection and orders, mandates of other people. Why do we not see the RICO Act applied in cases like this where there's obvious connection from the leader to the workers and illegal activity being carried out? Well, we have to bear in mind that the system was founded on white male supremacy and by virtue of the thought that if we actually pursued these charges, it'd mean a lot of white males would go down for engaging in behavior that advanced white supremacy. And so that implicit bias and that implicit desire to continue to reinforce the systems that are our drivers in society, that is what's at play here. And we're not going to see any semblance of justice ever if we continue to allow people to engage in this behavior because they're going to keep engaging in it. Simply cutting off a branch is not going to change anything when that That's branch right. is going to grow back, if not spawn new branches. It's just, it's it's a system that is completely and totally broken and removing one person is not going to change anything. I'll also mention the thought that this woman spoke up about the sexual harassment she experienced. That's something I will always say, racism and sexism run hand in hand. They are ride or dies, where there is one, there is the other. Mm-hmm. So. 
the fact that this woman had come forward about that also it tells me that this is exactly the kind of system, the type of work environment, the it's just that it's just systems of oppression are everywhere and they are fully activated and in full effect. You gave me such a great, great direction for an example I just thought of. You're right, basically what they're doing is they're ripping off a branch. A branch is going to grow back rather than uprooting the tree. Yeah. The tree has a complex root system. The tree is strong and it is established. You have to unroot the tree in order to get rid of the corruption. And we see the, the unwillingness of actual leaders to tackle these big overwhelming projects inside of institutions that are corrupt to the core. It's easy to get rid of a branch, it is hard to uproot a tree, but we're gonna continue to push for that hard work. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Uh, welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read a few of these comments. Okay, um, I think this is reeling in, at least she isn't on the floor, talking about the Karen. Uh, Randy Laurie says, who the heck does she need? Why the heck does she need a babysitter to get a bra? Yeah, let me bring you to a real live murder mystery, okay? You see that guy, he's the sheriff of LA County. He's involved somehow, okay? There's a man who was suing the sheriff of LA County. He has now been found shot and dead, okay? Let me give you some background. Um, a man was suing the sheriff of LA uh, County, uh, Villa Nueva is the sheriff there uh, for being physically abusive to him during an arrest uh, where he uh, where he was assaulted according to the allegation, all right? Although he was found by the Long Beach Police Department on 329, they did not notify his family until 4 or 5, all right? Now the family wants the AG or the Department of Justice to investigate and they should. Let me put up a tweet from the lawyer, okay? The lawyer of the men involved announced on Twitter about the death of one of his clients said and I quote, a few months ago, my clients Larry Jefferson and Christopher Chambers filed a lawsuit against Sheriff Alex Villanueva and the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department after being brutalized by several deputies. Recently, Larry was found dead after having sheriff's deputies sitting outside his family's home. That came from the attorney, okay? Let me give you background on the incident that caused the lawsuit in the beginning. Let's put up a picture of Christopher, Christopher Chambers. He's an important person in this story. Last year, that man, Christopher Chambers, called emergency services to ask for help for his brother-in-law, Larry Jefferson, who was having a mental health episode, okay? When cops arrived to the scene, let's put up a picture of the scene. When cops arrived to the scene, deputies got out of their vehicle, shocked Jefferson with a taser, hit him with rubber bullets, causing him to fly backwards. Remember, this is a mental health call, right? Chambers unarmed and wearing pajamas, then came out of his house telling deputies that Jefferson is not right in his mind, according to the suit. Despite presenting no threat, 
Chambers was held down by four deputies to the point where he could not breathe. Chambers was later taken to the South LA Sheriff Station and charged with resisting arrest and assaulting a police officer. He was released from jail the next day and then the charges magically dropped, okay? So what happened here? What do we know so far? Mental health call, a person going through a mental health crisis. Police respond, they physically assault the individual, criminally assault the individual, charge him falsely, take him to jail, and then drop the charges immediately. That's rare. When a cop drops the charges, that means they don't have an inkling of evidence to stand on, all right? Following the incident, LA County Sheriff Alex Villanueva was sued, all right? He was sued for his alleged support of the deputies who used excessive force and committed multiple civil rights violations. That's what the lawsuit alleges. The lawsuit specifically says that that guy created an atmosphere within the LA County Sheriff's Department where civil rights violations are not only approved, but encouraged. And remember, not too long ago, I did an exhaustive story about gangs inside of LA County Sheriff's Department. We talked about it. Not only did the sheriff acknowledge that some of his deputies are in gangs, okay? He also acknowledged it's not a damn thing he can do about it. So yes, the LA County Sheriff's Office, they have a gang culture inside of the Sheriff's Office. Now I go a step further. I think virtually everybody there is part of a de facto gang at LA County Sheriff's Department. Last year, journalist, a journalist authored an investigation that talked about those gangs into the department ran by the sheriff. There are at least 18 gangs, according to this investigative reporter. At least 18 gangs in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. We're not talking about in the jail. We're not talking about incarcerated people. We're talking about the police, the cops who have their tattoos and their other identifying marks and handshakes. 18 gangs according to the investigation and they are allegedly tied to deaths of at least 19 people. All of whom, every single one of them were men of color, all, no exception. And here's another game that they play that we found out. Every time, and there are cops doing this inside of gang culture in policing all across America. When they kill a black person, they bend their badge. They bend one of the stars back on their badge. And that's how they show how many bodies they have. These SOBs are sick, they're sick. They need to go to jail. All right, Adrian, thoughts? They do need to go to jail and something needs to be done. And we're acting as though, or at least I'd say society is acting as though they are the end all be all, the buck stops with them. But that's why you have federal enforcement. That's why you have right. DOJ. That's why you have investigations at a higher level. That's also why you have even the state attorney general conducting investigations. So where are these entities? When all of this is known about the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, yet what is being done? It, it, the fact that everyone knows this, but no one's no one's really stepping in to intervene. Is it because they realize they're allowing the gang to get out of control? Then what's going to happen when they ended up taking over, when it goes even further? It's like they're allowing these diseases to spread 
And then at one point when it's gonna kill us all, they're, we're all gonna be sitting here like, why wasn't this stopped well in advance? It yeah. just, I am perplexed. Yeah, and that's why we gotta stop talking reform and start talking replacement. There has to be a massive overhaul of the actual people that do policing for the culture of policing to change. A prison guard has been caught in Florida ordering a hit on another person. Let me give you the background, put up his picture. That prison guard was caught ordering a hit. Prison guard in Florida is accused of trying to arrange a murder. Authorities in Miami-Dade County, Florida said that guy, Jose Alcazar, 49 years of age, a corrupt officer at the privately run South Bay Correctional Institution in nearby Palm Beach County did in fact try to get somebody murdered. He tried to set up a killing through an inmate's nephew who was actually an undercover cop according to the arrest report obtained by the Miami Herald. Alcazar allegedly brought up the plot during a meeting outside of Denny's, okay? In the version of events from authorities, the undercover officer agreed, saying he and his, and his people would do their homework and let Alcazar know when they were ready. Now, keep in mind, he was not under investigation for attempting to put out a hit on somebody. He was under investigation for something else corrupt. And while he's under investigation for something else corrupt, he then says something that trumps that investigation. Because putting a hit out on somebody is more corrupt than what he was being investigated for. I got the background. Alcazar allegedly wound up on law enforcement radar after inmates, incarcerated people, told a Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office investigator that the officer picked up drugs and contraband every week. Authorities said they set it up so that the undercover officer posed as a nephew of one of the inmates. In the March 12th meeting, the undercover officer allegedly gave Alcazar three SIM cards to deliver. The price, $1,200 amid three weeks of communication. The corrections officer also allegedly asked the undercover officer for a 380 revolver to take into the facility. A 380 revolver inside of a prison, okay, there's more. During the April 11th meeting, he allegedly gave the undercover officer cocaine in an icebreaker's gum container. In return, the officer gave him 1,900 in cash, 400 for the drugs and the remainder went as a down payment for Alcazar's $10,000 price to transfer the uncle out of South Bay, official said. He's trying to make big money, okay, being corrupt. That's how he got on their radar. Uh, the defendant remains locked up at the Turner Gulford Knight Correctional Center on charges, including first degree solicitation of murder, introduction of firearm or explosive device into prison, introduction of communications device into prison, cocaine possession with a firearm, armed possession of marijuana with intent to sell, compensation for unlawful acts and criminal solicitation. Put up his picture again, okay? There's a reason why these types of people are attracted to law enforcement. How many stories like this do we have? 
How many stories have we told similar to this one? Okay, how long has he been getting away with it? Well, cases pending, maybe we'll find out. Um, Adrian, in all of your years being a being an officer of the court, have you seen something like this inside of a jail, inside of a prison? This guy was literally smuggling guns <laughs> inside of the jail. What are you going to do with a gun inside of the jail that you're gonna that you think you can get away with? I don't understand. It's such a controlled environment. What is, I mean, is he really going to kill somebody inside of the jail? I'm sure he's going to do all sorts of things or find ways. Um, you know, it's it's really indicative of our culture. The fact that, like you said, people are so attracted to going into law enforcement or into being in this carceral state in some ways, so that they can engage in criminality. And it makes you realize too that the system supports this because you can't tell me that others around him had no idea whatsoever, or that others around him are not engaging in similar behavior, even if it's not to the uh, to the extent that this individual was. The fact is that our system is set up this way to allow this behavior. And so hopefully this man actually faces consequences and doesn't get a slap on the wrist because it seems that he is committing every potential crime he could in the book. And hey, but we've got to see if the rules are going to apply the same to everyone. Because as we know, law enforcement often gets a pass when it comes to being held accountable for criming. Listen, and I think he's already kind of getting a pass or at least the 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 group of corrupt actors are, uh, you know this, prisons have control systems so that one person cannot manipulate all of those systems. Mm-hmm. Which means he's been working with somebody, he's working with somebody. Somebody has to say, okay, we'll bypass that protocol. We won't check you on this. We, I mean, employees have to go through screening at all prisons. So he's in a culture that has not only protected him, but probably works with him. I don't think he's getting all of the money to himself. I think there are other people involved. What are your thoughts on that? No, I absolutely agree with you. You can't get away. You can't get away from this. You know, it takes a village to raise a child. It also takes a village to commit all of these offenses and to keep continue to continue to involve these things, especially when, like you said, you're in a controlled environment to a certain extent. There are other people involved, and even if he's not giving up names, the people know. But the system yeah. will continue to operate just like it does in the LA County Sheriff's Department. Once again, like you said, Adrian, he's a branch, yes. right? He's a branch, he is proof that the tree is corrupt. That's what he's proof of. So instead of uprooting the tree, we're just gonna take the branch off and another branch will grow in its place. Okay, to the live linear audience that concludes this hour, the streaming audience, we will continue. Uh, do yourself a favor on the live linear, hop on the streaming so you can get the rest of the program. Always good to have you with us. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.